I want to ask you a question. How often do you give without expecting anything in return? How often does that happen? It happens, right? I think of uh, in the city where I live, there's a certain part of town uh, where there are quite a few beggars that uh, where the traffic backs up at the light and they, 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 there's one particular guy, he has no legs and he sits on a skateboard and he paddles down the median and he begs. And um, I like to give to him. And when I give to him, I'm not expecting anything from him. And it's a joy to do it. Sometimes we do a quick favor for someone. Someone's in need. Maybe someone needs the car pushed or maybe someone needs directions. And we do a favor, not expecting anything from them. And it's a, it's a joy. It's fun to give and not expect something in return or to not even want something from another person. Hear me carefully. However... That is not a model for all of our actions and our lives. Giving without expectations does not describe the Christian life. I'll show it to you from the scriptures tonight. Quite the opposite, the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches us that giving and receiving go together. Look in Psalm 119, verse 145. It says, I cried with my whole heart. Hear me, O Lord. I will keep thy statutes. Hey, God, I need something. I need you to hear me. And by the way, I will keep your statutes. That's a desire to receive and a promise to give. Look at the next verse, verse 146. I cried unto thee, save me, and I shall keep thy testimonies. A desire to receive and a promise to give. Most of life is giving with expectation. Brother Bushy, you're married, right? Brother Wilkerson, you got married. You got married with expectations, didn't you? I don't. Hey, John. John, hey, man, you want to get married? You got expectations, man. Nobody gets married and says, I just want to love them. Don't want nothing from them. I just want to give. No, we get married wanting to receive. Amen? I mean, I always wanted to marry a woman who was old-fashioned, knew how to sew clothes, and knew how to cook good food. Amen? Amen. I got one too. Amen? Hallelujah. We get married with expectations. We have children with expectations, do we not? I mean, what mother desires to get pregnant and go through all of that burden and to put their life at risk and have no expectations for their children? What, what parent?
parents dream of having children and have no dreams of what they will become or have no dreams of them being obedient or have no dreams and desires of them knowing the Lord and serving him. You see, most of life, most of life is giving with expectations. Teachers expect things from their students, coaches to players, players to coaches. In all of our relationships with life, in life, we have expectations. Is it true? I'm, I'm asking y'all a question, amen? Is it true? Some of y'all ain't got it figured out. Now you said, what am I supposed to say? Do you have relationships with expectations? Okay, let me ask you something. Do you expect anything from God? Oh, okay. All right. You don't just give to God, do you? No, you want to receive. And God wants to receive from us. God gives and he expects a return. What does God expect from us? I'm, I'm literally asking you a question. What does God expect from us? He expects obedience. What else? He wants praise, doesn't he? Thank you, Brother Lawrence. You're good at that, too. Amen. I miss Brother Lawrence. He'd always tell me I've done a good job preaching. Amen. I wish you'd come back, Brother Lawrence. Amen. Uh, what else does he expect from us? Thanksgiving? He expects us to go to church. Amen. He expects service and sacrifice, does he not? God doesn't just give with no expectations. That's not the God we serve. That's the prosperity gospel kind of God. That's the love crowd with no righteousness crowd. Man, God gives with expectations. Hallelujah. We give to God and we expect a return. What do we expect from God? Blessings. Goodness, answers to prayer, protection. Yeah, we expect things from God, don't we? Life is not about simply giving, nor is life about simply receiving. Life is about giving and receiving. Look in Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, verse number 35. This is an interesting verse because it quotes the Lord Jesus Christ, but there's no reference. Uh, there's no other place in the scripture that this references. It's just the, they're saying, hey, Jesus said this, amen? Acts 20, verse 35, it says, I've showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You say, well, does that match what you're telling us, Brother Spirit? You said that life's about giving and receiving. That says it's more blessed to give than, than to receive. Well, do you know why it's more blessed to give than to receive? It's more blessed to give than receive because God returns a reward to you. See, God is saying, look, it's more blessed for me to give to you because I'm going to receive from him. God doesn't allow us to spend a life of giving to others that he's not going to reward us for. You're not going to give to God and he not 
return you a blessing? And it's more blessed to live in this life as it relates to others. Living a life of giving because when you meet your Savior, he is going to be more than a Savior. He's going to be a judge. He's going to be a compensating Christ. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 10. We read these verses earlier. Verse 29, it says, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels, but he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life. But many that are first shall be last and the last first. And that is why it's more blessed to give than to receive. Because God is in the giving and receiving business. Hallelujah. Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. God is good. Now the Africans would say all the time. Can you do it for me? God is good. All the time. Yeah, do you believe that? I do. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, it says, Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do, it, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, Willing to communicate, ready to distribute, willing to communicate means giving of their wealth. Laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Man, there's so much more to eternal life than a ticket out of hell. Eternal life is so much more than going to heaven. God says you can lay hold on eternal life. You say, how do you lay hold on eternal life? I thought salvation was by grace. It is. But there's more to eternal life than just getting in. You see, and God is saying, look, when you give here, when you give to God here, you're stretching out your hand into the future and you're laying a hold to a more prosperous eternity. You're laying up for yourselves a foundation in heaven. You're laying up treasure in heaven where moth and rust doth not corrupt. Right. Amen. Giving and receiving. Man, hallelujah. I'm trying to encourage you tonight. Man, we don't, look, Christians don't have to live a life where we, well, I got to go give my time. I got to go, I got to put some money in the offering plate. No, man, we get to do it. We get to serve God. We get to put money in the offering plate. We get to give the missions knowing that it's going to return a reward to us. I tell people when I go soul winning, I say, man, I'm here preaching the gospel to you. That's good for me, it's good for you, and it's good for God. Everybody wins. God is good. 
lay hold on eternal life. God meets my need. I will do this. That's what we saw in Psalm 119. You know, when you pray, when you, when you, when you, look, let me tell you something about prayer, okay? There's prayer and then there's effective prayer, okay? There's prayer and then there's effective prayer. There's a whole lot of praying that goes on in this world. Let me tell you that right now. And a whole lot of it is nonsense. In Ghana, they got prayer camps everywhere. I told the people, we need less prayer camps and more prayer closets. Because them folks don't, aren't even saved. They don't even know God. They go to a prayer camp and they chant. And they all say the same thing over and over and over again. It's so loud it'll almost blow your eardrums out. Well, they pray, but it's not effective prayer. God teaches us how to pray. Why? Because there's prayer and there's effective prayer. And when you pray, you better be ready to keep some promises. When you pray, you better be ready to obey. Amen? Because God is not just in the giving business. He's in the receiving business. And God says, yeah, I'll hear your prayers, but I'm looking to get something too. I mean, my Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Amen? Life is about giving and receiving. God is worthy. God is demanding. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 6, turn there, Luke chapter 6. Verse number 20. Luke chapter 6, verse 20. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed be ye poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are ye that hunger now, for, that ye, shall, for ye shall be filled. Blessed are ye that weep now, for ye shall laugh. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you. And when they shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. See, this is giving. This is giving. It's, it's mourning with people. It's hungering and thirsting after righteousness. It's being willing to suffer persecution. But look at verse 23. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. Your reward is great in heaven. For in, li in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. God's in the giving and receiving business. Look in verse number 35. But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend... Hoping for nothing again. Now let's stop right there. You see what it says? It says, hoping for nothing again. Does that mean life's all about giving and not receiving? No, that's not what it means. Look at the next statement. And your reward shall be great. <laughs> you see, I am to give to you hoping for nothing in return, knowing that my God is going to reward me. Great is my reward. 
that's powerful, that's motivating, that's encouraging. That when you give to missions, and when you make a wise investment of your time and your wealth, that your God is going to return to you the investment. Be of good courage and endure. Because God has a reward and he's coming with it. He's more than a savior. He's more than a Lord. He is a coming judge. The almighty. Look in verse number 38. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Pressed down and shaken together and running over. Shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet, with, with, with all it shall be measured to you again. So again, giving and receiving. Listen to this statement. God does not expect us to give and not receive. Have you seen that from the scriptures? God doesn't expect us to give and not receive. That's why we can... Go to the mission field. That's why we can cross the street and witness to our neighbor. That's why we can work overtime and, and, and give up things and put it into missions because God is good and God doesn't expect us to give without receiving. We serve a good God, a gracious God, a wonderful God, a loving God, a promising God. And when you give of yourself, because I'm not just talking about giving money tonight. When you give of yourself, you are providing for yourself. Did you hear that statement? When you give of yourself, you're providing for yourself. Hey, don't ever look at dedicating your life to Jesus Christ as some kind of big sacrifice. Yes, it is a sacrifice. I understand that. But in comparison to the reward, it is nothing. And some of you young people and some of you middle-aged people need to rise up and be willing. Be willing to step out of your comfort zone. Step out of where you're at and say, you know what, God, I think you could use me. You know, the mission field's taking folks that aren't just in their 20s. Y'all do understand that, right? I mean, I went to the mission field when I was 39. Matter of fact, the mission field needs mature people. <laughs> I mean, God bless all you 22-year-olds going to the mission field, but I mean, folks, listen. You know what I'm saying? You go to Ghana, they call you a boy until you're 30. That's right. Am I right, Lawrence? They call you a boy until you're 30. When you give of yourself, you are providing for yourself. When you put yourself last, you're putting yourself first. When you give the missions, you're investing in your future reward. I was figuring it up this week. I have some retirement accounts. I feel like it's my 
responsibility to take care of my own, take care of my wife. So I have some retirement accounts, but those are not investments for me. It's meeting a responsibility. When I look at what's in my retirement account, I have put a lot more in missions than I have in retirement. A lot more. I started giving to missions when I was 25 years old. And I've been giving ever since. And it's a lot more than my retirement account. You know why? Because I'm investing in eternity. I'm trying to lay hold on eternal life, not lay hold on this life. Because I'm providing for myself. Amen? God is good, folks. Think about it. He's in the giving and receiving business. And you should be too. We should not expect God to give and not receive. You see, that's where we have a problem right there. God to give back to you. God to reward. Amen. Hallelujah. But see, we expect God to give to us. We don't expect him to receive. When God looked down through the corridors of time, if you want to, not that God even looks down through the corridors of time because God is eternal. Amen. But when God saw you getting saved, he didn't just see you getting out of hell. He saw you serving him. He saw you fellowshipping with him. He saw himself glorifying you. See, that's a, that's a misdoctrine of salvation is glorification. God wants to glorify you in heaven. He's got so much for you, but you got to give to him. If he doesn't receive, you don't receive very much. God is a demanding God. He's a requiring God. He's a commanding God. He's a receiving God. And we should not expect God to give and not receive. He's in the receiving business. Immature Christianity focuses only on what Jesus did on the cross and revels in it. Mature Christianity gets up from that spot and says, now I got to go do something because of it. Mature Christianity is not just receiving an offering, but it's giving one. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive power and glory and honor, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. For thy pleasure they are and were created. Thou shalt receive, what's it say? Power and honor and glory. He, he's in the receiving business. Are you listening to me tonight? God needs and wants you to get involved. Brother Ashcraft said it last night. It's so easy to just kind of lurk in the shadows and kind of just be a part of a church that's doing great things. You got to personalize it, man. I tell my preacher boys, if you're not a soul winner... Hey, you got, no, you got no right being a preacher. Preaching in the New Testament is soul winning. It's not standing behind a pulpit and doing what I'm doing right here. Study it. 
preachers in the New Testament were gospel preachers. And if you're not going to be a gospel preacher, don't get up here and speak to me while I'm at church. Amen? And we need to be in the giving business, not associated with givers, not clapping for other givers, not rejoicing because of those who gave. We need to be in the giving business because God's in the receiving business. And when we get in the giving business, we shall receive. Where's your faith? What's the Bible says? Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also, right? Where is your treasure? Where is your heart? Are you giving to God what he so desperately wants? He wants you. He wants you. And I'm going to tell you something. If you can't give God prayer time, he's probably not going to get you. And if you can't give, give God some of your money, he definitely ain't got you. If you're not giving the missions, what may, I mean, why would we think anyone's going to go to the mission field if they're not giving to the mission field? And if you're not giving to missions, you need to start this week. You need to start this week. Say, so preacher, how much should I give? Something. Something. Start somewhere. Start somewhere. Get in this business of giving back to God because God is a receiver. Yes, God gave himself on the cross, but why did he do it? Why did he give himself on his cross? That he might receive us to himself. Why did he give himself that he might receive our fellowship? Just like a young man who goes to an altar and stands before the preacher and marries a young lady. Yes, he wants to give himself. Yes, he loves her. But boy, he's got a lot of expectations. And God's got a lot of expectations from us. If you're not in this thing of the giving program to missions at First Baptist Church, you need to start now. And then we all need to ask a question. God, what do you want from me? Some of you need to go. And some of you, you young people, <laughs> you can go ahead and follow your dreams in life, but I'm going to tell you something. You're only stealing from your future. You're not providing for yourself. There's no greater life than a life given to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I understand you don't have to be, you, you, can, you can do that and be a businessman. You can do that and be a plumber or electrician or a school teacher or whatever. I'm not up here saying everybody's got to be uh, Dr. John Wilkerson. It's not the point. But if you are in business, is that business dedicated to the Lord Jesus Christ? Is he the head of your business? If you do teach in a public school room, is Jesus in the, is he invited into that school room? I've got a, a young man in our church. He, he goes around and he sells uh, phone units. He has a business. He, he goes to people who sell phone units, and he, I don't know how it all works. He's, he's kind of like a middleman. And he testified that 90% of the people he sells to, he has given the gospel to them. 
Now that's somebody serving God full time. That's somebody giving, giving himself to God. You know what? God might call that young man into the ministry. He might want to use that young man. He, he might be passing a church one day. I don't know. Folks, God is in the receiving business. And I want to be in the receiving business too. So I'm going to get in the giving business. And stay in the giving business. Amen? You know, the only way God receives anything from us is that he first gave himself. Amen? We love him because he first loved us. God got in the giving business and he said, now nah, I'm ready to receive. Giving and receiving. What a wonderful life. What a wonderful, wonderful life. I love my life. Wouldn't trade it with anybody. I hope you can say the same. Hope you can say the same. Because our God is worthy to receive your love, your dedication, your money, your time, your talent. And we need some young, listen, the world is filled with lawyers and all these doctors, and we got a lot of them folks. We're dying for Christian leadership. I said it at the college, and I said it at the schools. God, look, God's in the calling business. And if he ain't calling people in this room, then who is he calling? The song we sung earlier, Stand in the Gap, there's a line in that song that, isn't that enough? Isn't it enough that he died for you? Isn't it enough that he's your savior? That he should receive? Don't be a spectator in this thing we call Christianity. Jump in for your benefit, for others' benefit, for God's benefit. Man, everybody wins when we obey God.